Welcome to another episode of Create a New Tomorrow. I'm your host, Ari Gronich, and here I have with me Glenda Sparrow. She is a health and wellness, self-development, earth medicine, integration work, body work, and breath work person. She loves talking about this stuff. Um, let's see, I'm going to read her intro so that I get it all right. So after 20 years, Glenda left the safe corporate world to create a life she truly could be passionate about helping others. Glenda is certified in as a primal health coach, certified holistic coach, and uses four pillars, food, movement, sleep, and mindset to help clients transform their lives while reducing inflammation in the body and brain. And this is one of the things that I am so excited to talk to her about. Glenda supports her clients by serving not only as a coach, but as a teacher, accountability partner, and a mentor. So Glenda, I'm going to let you tell a little bit about your story and about why I'm talking to you. Well, I'm very happy to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, when I was looking at your, your podcast and some of the things that you've spoken with other guests about, it felt really aligned with where I feel a lot of what I can do to help people is to bridge that gap between what their doctors tell them as far as a diagnosis, or if they just say, you need to eat right and exercise, most people don't know what that means. And our physicians don't typically have the time during their office visits to really help patients with those lifestyle behaviors that can help them be well. Excited to see where this goes today. Absolutely. So you know, for, for me, the main premise of this show is how do we create a new tomorrow? How do we create systems that are different than the ones that we've already created? And it's not really working for us. And so we want to create something better, different, that is more optimal, that's got, you know, gets better results. And so we're, we're looking at create a new tomorrow as a platform for promoting and discussing all of these kinds of issues that are in the society. So you mentioned a couple things just in, in that quick intro. Average doctor's visit has gone from 10 minutes in the last, was like 10 years ago, to an average of six to seven minutes. Is it possible in a six to seven minute visit for a doctor to find out everything about you and know what it is that you need for your health. Is that possible? I don't believe that it is. In six to seven minutes, I, you probably can't even find out everything that a person has been experiencing that has brought them in to see you. I mean, certainly when I have a, a call with a client, I can't get out of them in six or seven minutes, you know, really tap into to what's going on with them to see how I can best help them. It takes much longer than that. So this is part of where the system has broken down. And some of us in the alternative and lifestyle medicine field have decided that the system broke down too far and it's time for us to kind of take up the slack. So how is it that you take up the slack so that you can really get the benefit for your clients and, and patients really, you know, we're not allowed to say patient when you're not a doctor. So you gotta say client to be compliant with the things that you give them, the advice that you give them, 
so that they can really get the change that they're seeking. Yeah, you know, ideally, we would be able to keep people well and get people to understand how lifestyle behaviors can prevent them from getting diseases and from getting sicknesses or ailments or, you know, whatever the case may be. And if you can, can get them to understand that and start making those lifestyle changes and behavioral changes now, then they, they will feel better, but it's very difficult. It's much easier when somebody gets to the breaking point, when they get to the point where, you know, they've been trying fad diets and they can't seem to lose weight, or they're at the point where they can barely move because they have so much stuff going on with their bodies that, you know, they're just not functional anymore. And so it's, it's sad to see that people get to that point when they could get ahead of it. And so, yeah, it's, it's, it'd be great if we could get people to take those steps early on before they get super sick. But other times it's like, you know, they're just at their wits end and have, have no other place to turn. Absolutely. So, you know, my thing is what, what I see is that somebody will tell somebody what to do and they don't explain the whys and they don't explain the hows and more importantly, the what. So for example, eat healthier, right? This is a statement that, that somebody might make. Eat organic, eat healthy food. It's expensive. Why is it expensive? And people won't do it because it's expensive, like to eat grass-fed meat versus eating pesticide-fed, grain-fed, corn-fed meat, for instance. What does that do to a person's body? And how much does that cost in the long run versus eating less, but higher quality? Right, and that's something that, you know, I, in my programs, I explain all of those details about what I call the food spectrum. So it's kind of like a good, better, best approach to how to buy meat, what type of vegetables to buy, that kind of a thing. Certainly, it's better to eat a, a large farm carrot than it is to go get fast food. So, you know, just try to keep that into perspective. If you're not able to afford the, the difference in a pasture-raised egg or pasture-raised grass-fed beef, you know, it's still better to be buying some beef that you're cooking at home the right way than to be eating packaged food or going to a fast food restaurant. Absolutely. I believe that the, the number is somewhere close to 70,000 chemicals that we've introduced into society that weren't there before. And that was in the late 1970s that that really began, right? Mm -hmm. And so out of those 70,000 chemicals that have been pushed into our food, our air, our water, what our bodies do with that is they're not aligned with those chemicals. They don't know how to process the chemicals. Our bodies are really designed to eat natural foods. What it is that they are supposed to be doing when, when they have Dr. Google telling them so many conflicting stories. Well, it's not just Dr. Google. We have to remember where we get so much of our information about what foods we should be eating. And that comes from the people who are mass producing them, right? So 
Why are we told? Why do we have this belief? And why does the, the food pyramid tell us that we have to have, I don't know, 20,000 servings of grains every day? Because the food industry is paying them money to get us to eat those things. So yeah, I mean, when you, when you look at what we're told to eat, it's, it shouldn't be as hard as, as people think that it is. Eat tons of veggies, meats, and fats, good healthy fats. How does one avoid these current issues of lack of nutrients, high sugars, when, oh, I'm eating fruit, I, I'm eating healthy, I'm eating the, the, the apple a day to keep the doctor away? Yeah. So the way that I, I work with clients is I say, look, if you're going to, if you're going to eat, if you want sugar, I would much rather that a client is eating an apple than eating a, a cake or a piece of cake. Right. So if you, if your body's wanting sugar, if you want to tap into it, you know, okay, there are worse things that you could be eating, but I also make sure that they understand what even those natural sugars do in our bodies with spiking our insulin levels. That, that's true. So let's talk about the actual effects that happen in somebody's body when they have too much sugar, for instance. Mm -hmm. what, what happens in their body? What's the process that, that they go through, especially if they're diabetic? Yeah, so when you're consuming too much sugar and your body's not able to react to it, your insulin spikes anytime that you're eating sugar. And we just end up completely overworking our bodies, our pancreas and, and everything else when we are not eating a, from a, like a real primal strategy. So trying to provide some understanding without getting too nitty gritty into the science for clients, I think can really help. Absolutely. So one of the things that, that I suggest to people when, whenever, I used, when I, whenever I was doing functional medicine consulting is I would put people on an elimination plan. So we would literally eliminate anything that was happening that they were eating that could possibly cause an inflammatory or allergic response, a food allergy response, anything that would make the histamine system and the immune response go spike, right? So how, how does one avoid these things when they're on a fairly strict vegan or vegetarian diet, or if they have an autoimmune disease? Sure. Well, the first thing, especially with, with vegetarians and vegans, is to make sure that they're not consuming any processed foods. Because I, I have a lot of friends who are, are strict vegans, and they have ethical reasons for doing so, which I fully support. But you see a lot of them who end up supplementing their diet with a lot of processed junk. Stuff out of a box, stuff out of a can, you know, somebody was telling me they're eating SpaghettiOs. Like... <laughs> There are better choices than SpaghettiOs if you're a vegan. Um, so just trying to eliminate the, the processed stuff first. And then, you know, if, if they're not having issues with the nightshades or legumes, then great. But trying to get enough of the regular vegetables and the good quality fats in their diets to, to help them, you know, kind of figure out where they're at with it. Um, it's, I haven't worked with any clients that have been vegan and diabetic. That's an interesting thing. Have, have you noted at all why that might be? No, no, I haven't. It's not something that I've really thought about until you asked me that question, actually. <laughs> I, I actually have. I've had a, a number of vegan and vegetarians who have had diabetes, which is why they converted 
in some cases to begin with. And the, the issue is that they were still eating a lot of very sugary fruits yep. and sugary vegetables and things like that. And, uh, and we're eating a lot of processed. Yes. Uh, even for gluten-free, I see gluten-free packaging everywhere. And I, if I look at the ingredient list, and I'll, I'll let you kind of talk about why the ingredient list is more important than say the nutritional panel. But if you look at the ingredient list, it's full of things like dextrose, which is a sugar, uh, corn syrup, another sugar, um, corn solids. I mean, there's so many different ways of saying sugar now. <laughs> yes. And I think I just read the other day, I think there were 56 different terms for sugar that the food industry can use. Really? I think now natural sweetener is also being uh, used for sugar or for corn syrup for, yeah, for high fructose corn syrup, natural, mm -hmm. natural sweetener for high fructose corn syrup. So yeah. It's really important to pay attention to ingredient lists, right? Yes. So talk a little bit more about the ingredient list versus the nutritional panel. Sure. So when, when you're looking at most packaged foods, the ingredient list, it's really those first couple of items on the ingredient list that we really want to pay attention to. And almost everything that's coming out of a package, the first couple of ingredients are some type of sugar, whatever name that they're, they're using, and industrial oils. So those are going to be like your, your seed oils, your corn oil or uh, sunflower oil, any of those, which are considered industrial oils. And they're just, they wreak havoc on our bodies and our minds. And, you know, the longer the list of ingredients, the worse it probably is for you, but really pay attention to those first few ingredients that are on there. Awesome. So talk a little bit more about primal eating and what that entails, what it involves. Sure. Primal eating is really going back to eating how our ancestors did. And that's the, the fats, meats, and veggies, and then fruits on occasion. So, and when you think about how our ancestors ate fruits, when you were talking about the apple earlier, our ancestors would eat fruit only when it was in season, which wasn't that often. They couldn't just go to their local grocery store and pick up fruit that's been sitting in cold storage for an entire year or longer. So when you look at it, how some of our produce, and I, I did work in an industry that had a lot of involvement with produce growers for four years. And it's, it's very interesting to know that when things in our country and elsewhere in the world are actually being grown and how we're able to buy them in the grocery store year round. So let's talk a little bit more about these broken systems that, that I like to talk about because you just mentioned a broken system, which is the agricultural and produce market. And we're gonna piss off a lot of farmers um, right now, but we shouldn't be pissing off the farmers. We should be push, push, pissing off the agri-farmers, meaning farmers to me never had to wear hazmat suits, right? Overalls, good to go. My grandfather was a farmer. <laughs> a, a straw in your mouth and a pair of overalls and you, you, were, you were good to go. If you yep at images now of these big agri farms they're in hazmat suits they're spraying pesticides everywhere and they're they're literally having to wear hazmat suits and in fact i know some potato farmers for mcdonald's 
they irradiate their food so much because they're not allowed to have any brown spots in their potatoes. No brown spots allowed, McDonald's will send them back. And so they have their irradiated, uh, you know, very highly toxic food that they grow for, for them. And then they have their section of nice, healthy, organic potatoes that they grow completely separately that they use for their own family and, and neighbors. Mm -hmm. What's the problem with the system that allows for that in a way that is so destructive to our physical health? What it, why is it that people, especially the farmers, accept this kind of poison being put into our food supply and water supply? Everything has to be done cheaply, right? So you end up having any of the small farms that we used to have, whether it be produce or livestock or anything else, they end up getting bought out by the bigger guys and the bigger guys are mass producing because they're dealing with the largest grocery chains around the country. And, you know, they're just trying to grow more, bigger and cheaper. So you get into having to spray everything with chemicals because you don't want the loss that happens when you do have insects that come into the product. I really appreciate it. Give me a, a couple of places where people could get a hold of you if they want to. Sure. My website is glendasparrow.com and on Instagram and Facebook, it's glendasparrow coaching. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show. Thank you. Thank you audience for listening. This has been another episode of create a new tomorrow where we talk about actionable ways that you can change your world, change the life and make the world a better place. So thank you so much. And, uh, and we'll see you next time.